California. I heard there was a new radio station in town. Oh, oh, you mean Free Range Radio KPCA at 103.3 FM? Yeah, that's right. How did you know about that? Well, I just looked where all good information comes from, Facebook. Just follow the Free Range Radio KPCA page and join the discussion. Just keep it polite. Facebook? Yeah. Our on-air personalities will post updates and information on their shows, as well as events and news concerning the station. Do you need help with home repairs? Rebuilding Together Petaluma believes that everyone deserves to live in a safe and healthy home. Low-income senior homeowners are eligible for free home repairs, including roof replacement, plumbing, electrical, and much more. And it's easy to apply. Just call 707-765-3944 to speak with us about your situation and request an application. coming to an area where I needed to stop and I didn't realize the power was on and the bike jolts forward. <laughs> but I saved it. Uh, you know, I, I saved from crashing, but it's a it's an experience. Yeah, I think you should be wearing a GoPro so we can uh, <laughs> participate in all your shenanigans. Well, my other one is to go to a meeting the other day, and I didn't realize that it was. I locked my bike up. I got really, you know, cautious, locked my bike, you know, like you're supposed to. And then I go to unlock it. I remember the key was at home. <laughs> so I had to call somebody to drive me home, come back, and so I could get my bike. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So, and I learned all about safe streets also. Yeah, and what's not safe? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. I know, I know. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's let's get our housekeeping out of the way. Okay. Um, I want to mention the fundraiser at Someone's Sons Hall on May 10th, which is a um, fundraiser for uh, the folks over in the Ukraine. Uh, the event is called Stand with Ukraine. Uh, it is, uh, like I said, May 10th, 530 to 730. There'll be live music, hors d'oeuvres, silent auction, art exhibit. Uh, there'll be guests there. Uh, Julia, the artist, poet, and singer will be there to entertain. It's going to be fun. And uh, you can uh, purchase tickets in advance for $30, uh, $35 at the door. And if you go to PetalumaRotary.org, uh, you can get your tickets there. This is a, a sponsored event by... Uh, all three Rotary Clubs of Petaluma. So right. hold the date, May 10th, 
530 to 730. It's going to be fun. It's on my car. Oh, yeah. I will not ride my bike that day. Exactly. Oh, I'll just drive my car. We'll coordinate a little carpool. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. We'll get a DD. <laughs> oh, designated driver? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Okay. All right. What, what do you have? What do I have? Do you have anything to announce? Um, let's see. Do I have anything to announce? Well, there is one thing. Uh, we are going to have a guest on in a couple of weeks to talk about uh, Blue Zones. Blue Zones activation. And I, as I understand it, it's a national uh, project, and um, Petaluma is going to be participating, and they will have a kickoff event from 4.30 to 6.30 on Tuesday, May 17th, at the New Life Christian Fellowship. Yes. And so um, I'm not sure. I think if you go onto the Petaluma Healthcare District yeah. website, that's where you can... Uh, RSVP. It's, it's a great program, and actually, Brian Barnacle did um, kind of a program like that in um, I want to say not Hanford, but um, uh, can't think of where it is. But um, and it was really it's about health and safety, mm-hmm. and but a lot of it is you know on health, bike riding, walking, getting out of your cars. And so that's kind of what we'll be talking about. And that's when I read about this, that it fits in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm actually really excited that the healthcare district is looking at how to make people healthy, you know, by getting out of your cars and what you can do uh, for your overall health. So it's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. What else? Well, let's see. I... (laughs) <laughs> all these listeners are texting me here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> One of them said I didn't say who the event was for the Ukraine at the Herman Sons Hall on May 10th. I did say that, didn't I? I think you Look did. Look at everybody in here is giving me a thumbs That's up, right. listener. Even my crooked thumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so that means that people are listening. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So maybe we should um, get on with our guest today. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to introduce our guests. We have Bruce Hagen and Pete Gang today, representing Safe Streets Petaluma, which is a uh, uh, an initiative here. Everybody's applauding. <laughs> Everybody in the peanut gallery here is applauding. And um, uh, welcome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, so who's going to give us an overview of what Safe Streets Petaluma is? Or why don't we talk about who Bruce Hagen is? I'd like oh, to. Yeah, yeah I'm Pete Gang. Okay. How did well, you guys get involved in knows um, Bruce? Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, you know, Bruce and I, we go back, what, 25, 30 years? Yeah. with Lafferty? 1995, that yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. And so we go back a long ways, and then Pete and I go back a long ways, and every time I look at Pete, I always think of climate change, and I always think, well, <laughs> finally, you know, the gears started working in my brain when you were like 15, 20 years ahead of all of us, and I always thank you for that. Uh, I've been paying attention to climate issues for a while. Yeah, you have. Yes, you have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's gratifying to see that the rest of the world is starting to catch up. Oh, exactly. So, but I mean, you're working late, late for the party, but at the party. But you know, you've been a champion, and I always think of you when I think of climate change because I just remember what, even when I was on the city council, um, you know, how you were talking. <laughs> and and I just really appreciate it um, so much. You're yeah, welcome. And like your voice. And you too, Bruce. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I've been around Petaluma since 1981, and I'm very gratified to see that I'm not one of the few bicyclists on the street anymore. This the last couple of years, it just it's really blossomed, and even in the last couple of months, I think COVID, uh, equity issues, uh, certainly the climate crisis, health, all these things are reasons why getting on a bike is good for you. I just have to say in the beginning, one of the best things is when you're driving a car down the street and you see your friend, there's Jenna, so-and-so, do you ever pull over and get out of your car and talk to them? Right. No, you don't. Right. But if you're on your bike, you're right there, and all of a sudden you have usually a very informative, enriching conversation with a fellow pedal woman, maybe a friend, maybe not, but the sociability aspects of this, to me, are not emphasized enough, so I'm going to lead off with those. That if you get on a bike, you're going to meet in a nice way a lot of people, people you hadn't met before, people who have at least one thing in common with you, and it'll feel good. That's absolutely true. I know since I've had my bike, I mean, I have met new neighbors in my neighborhood, and they're all bikers. You know, they moved here during COVID, they have young kids, and they have these, like, extended electric bikes. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm just always inspired by young people. But also, like, just in my neighborhood, which is on the east side, Rainier, which is super wide and dangerous, um, which is hopefully going to have a re- road reduction soon and some changes to it. Um, you, you, I saw people in my neighborhood for the first time really walking. And because, you know, with COVID, we were all so mm-hmm. stuck. And you saw all of these new faces, and they were all different ages. So I don't want to just say new young people moving in here. Um, I have new neighbors that moved from San Francisco, and they're our age group. And she just bought a bike like mine because we happened to be talking about their new electric uh, vehicle that they purchased. And she wanted to look at my bike, and then she ended up purchasing the same bike that I did. And so it's really different ages. It's not just one, but I mean, I'm just seeing that transformation with specifically the east side. It's a huge transformation of people, young people moving in and really want to have mobility. And it's not just with a car. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So part of the history that, that I'm aware of is when we look at amazing cycling places like like Amsterdam or Holland or Copenhagen, and uh, arriving there, just landing there, you just think, how did this ever happen? How how are they so fortunate to have streets that are so conducive to walking and bike riding? And um, I saw a, a video, I think it's called How the Dutch Got Their Cycle Paths, and it tells the history uh, that after World War II, uh, the Dutch started along the same path that we've been on of embracing automobiles until early 70s when when the oil crisis, the Arab oil embargo, uh, and that coincided with a lot of deaths per year. Kinda more. There, there was just a general uprising around the number of children who were being killed by automobiles. And so... Holland, as a nation, consciously uh, embarked on a path of moving away from car culture and toward bicycle mobility and pedestrian mobility. And so they've had 50 years on us, but they've ended up being such an amazing place to live and move around, not by chance. 
And so I think that that's part of, for me, what we're all trying to do around here, not just in Petaluma, but Sonoma County and North America, is we're, we realize the, all the benefits to that kind of mobility, and we're trying to play catch-up, and it's happening. Well, I think it's, you know, the health benefits. When I went to look to purchase an electric bike, we went to Santa Rosa, so I went to different stores, you know, testing out different bikes. And there were um, people, you know, in my age group or a little younger but a little bit older also, they were in the, the store at the same time testing out these bikes. And so you're seeing just a lot of different people getting interested in health. And, you know, they might not be looking at, um, at the environment as much, but they're really looking at the health aspect. So there's a, there's a lot of different prongs to the benefits. You know, it, it, it's like for me, um, having worked in the world of green building, sustainable building, years ago I had this image that, that it was just a big tent, like a big circus tent, and there were several doors into the tent. And... I happened to end up there through the door that said environmentalism, but there were other people who ended up in the same tent through the um, the energy efficiency or the financial benefits. But we all ended up in the same place, That's and right. so with uh, whatever we're calling it, active transportation, safe streets, yeah. bicycle urbanism, there are so many benefits. Um, well, you, you know, when you're talking about safe streets, you know, when I was on the council, we talked, we ended up having a meeting with the school district. And, you know, it was, you know, how we could actually work together more. And, you know, I have photos somewhere of um, the, cro- the the lack of a crossing at Casa Grande Road. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't actually on Casa Grande, but it was on Lake, on um, Eli Road, right where the um, the sports field is. And it took years to get just a lit crossing there. And, you know, so this conversation has been going on for a long time. And it's so interesting. I mean, it takes like 20, 30 years till we finally get to the point of people really understanding or want, or taking an interest in going in a different direction. Because we talked about safe routes to school. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and we're saying the same words right now, mm-hmm. safe routes to school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just, you know, as I say, in my neighborhood, looking at Rainier and how that is going to be um, a different configuration and safer for bikes and pedestrians, then you start looking where, you know, what first thing you need to do is look at where all the schools are. Mm-hmm. But then you need to start looking at the equity issue of it. Because when you go to um, Meadow School on Maria Drive, the roads are beautiful now. They're nice and smooth. There's bike lanes. And then you go from Rainier to Maria Drive um, south. The roads are bumpy. And then you go in front of, which was uh, Bernardo School, my alma mater, which is now Loma Vista. Um, I took pictures there the other day, and I have pictures from 2014. And the ADA in front of that school is appalling that our city has not really looked at safety around schools. And and then, um, you know, just on another subject, you know, they're looking at a Home Depot, which hopefully will not happen at the Kmart Center. But you cannot even walk, or if you're in a wheelchair, um, or if you're pushing a stroller in front of that shopping center, 
because it is so dangerous. And I have pictures of that from 2014 because I did what I called a transportation tour. And then I would, actually, I had a friend who was in a wheelchair. And we started going around the city and seeing all the problems. And McDowell has a huge problem. And so, you know, when you go back to safe streets, I mean, it's the big picture. And it's so you can have, you know, so we can look at other countries that have, what have they done? And how can we do this here? and not make everything just um, resurfacing roads or redoing roads and then having them damaged by trucks. You have to have truck routes. Uh, the city needs to definitely be more proactive. I just want to make the first of many shameless plugs for the organization that Pete and I are involved with. A lot of great people, brand spanking new. Uh, but we have a website. It's uh, safestreetspetaluma.org. We're also in Instagram and Facebook. And uh, the video that Pete mentioned, uh, Pete and I, I think, and many others have seen it. Uh, eventually, we want to have on our website, and eventually might be maybe later today, <laughs> uh, just a resource place. They're all over. There's plenty of resources. We don't have to reinvent anything. We just need to give people a convenient and memorable place to find the stuff. But if you see that video, it's, you know, 10 minutes long, and you see these little kids out there on funeral for their little friend who got smacked down by a truck. They they had an emotional driver behind that. We don't want to wait for that, certainly. And what the Safe Streets Petaluma Coalition is trying to do is bring all of the interests together who, you know, like bikes or like walking or scooting or whatever it may be as a, uh, a political force, not necessarily running campaigns, but at least being present when decisions come up about city priorities, which we're having a meeting uh, or the city council is having a meeting this coming Monday, 6.30, first uh, in-person meeting they're having since COVID, I believe. And um, they're going to decide what their top trend priorities are going to be for the next two years. And we're encouraging supporters of a balanced, uh, people-friendly uh, transportation system to come out and say, please put this on the list. And we'll be back to make sure in a couple of months that the budget supports it and so on. So again, check that website out, and if you sign the petition that we have there right at the top of the home page, it'll take you to a place where you can put your name and phone number and email address. Now, we don't need your phone number, but nice if we have it. Name and email address, and you'll sort of get on our mailing list at that point. So we'll keep you informed, but ultimately, we don't want this to just be one meeting and then we go away. We want to help other groups like uh, Petaluma Urban Chat and people that do the Know Before You Grow. You probably had them on here. The healthcare district, uh, Cool Petaluma, has tremendous potential through neighborhood action and getting neighbors, you know, let's get together and we'll figure out how do we get to school safely? How do we get to the market safely? How do we get to the ball field safely? All of these things are in Petaluma's favor right now. Uh, the, it just needs kind of a catalyst. That's what we're hoping to provide to focus it on uh, on safe streets and healthy mobility. Yeah, I'm gonna, I want to come back to the original question okay. that I had, and that is <laughs> Safe Streets Petaluma. What exactly is it so that people know what they're supporting here? How did you come to be? Who are the players in the coalition? <clears throat> I, I can take a first crack at this. Who's going to fill in all the gaps? Um, about a year ago, maybe a little less than a year ago, um, a group of us started a, a first Friday at five ride, a monthly mm -hmm. 
uh, no cost, open to the community bike ride, which is still taking place the first Friday of every month, five o'clock at Walnut Park. And part of the idea was just to have a fun community bike ride. The other, the other part of the agenda was to make cyclists and cycling visible within Petaluma. And that somehow slowly, uh, the, the momentum increased and that somehow led to, to Bruce and I and a number of other people coalescing into uh, in, in support of th these broad aims of of making our uh, our streets safe, one of the things that we we held up as uh, as an ask early on was we want to see the goal of our 2008 bike ped plan actually realized, and that goal, paraphrasing, is something like the the creation and maintenance of a complete and integrated network of bicycle and pedestrian uh, infrastructure. A complete and integrated network. And we've never really, as a city, we've never really taken that to heart. Um, we, have, we, we have bike projects, we have bike lanes, um, paths here and there, but it's, it's not integrated and complete. And, and so, a large percentage of our community doesn't feel safe getting out on the roads, um, and that's what we're that's what we're asking for—a complete network that will allow the more cautious among us to feel safe and uh, in, in getting anywhere they need to get in town: schools, shopping, doing their business, libraries, whatever. What are some of the groups that are are working with you? Uh, bike Petaluma, Petaluma Wheelman, um, Climate Action Petaluma, Citizens Climate Lobby, and there's a lot of others on the verge of becoming quote unquote members. And that's it. This is this is kind of an organic. Uh, hey, it actually started because I got tired of talking about bike policy advocacy over the back of my shoulder while riding down uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Coffee Lane. Uh, and so we said, hey, let's get together after the ride and talk about what we can do. So uh, the doors are open. Uh, we're having conversations with lots of other people from the community who have interests that uh, are supported by this approach, by these ideas. And uh, invitations out for anybody that wants to know more. Again, check out uh, safestreetspetaluma.org. Get in touch with us, and we'll be happy to figure out how we can make it work for you. Okay. And um, I have looked at the website, and I am looking right now online at your Safe Streets Petaluma's policy platform. It's quite impressive. Do you um, do you want to elaborate on on those points there? Well, these are items that you know in the the core group of people that have come together to work on this um, that uh, are considered pretty important in realizing that vision that's in that platform. If you. The first paragraph is looking back from the year 2030 when Petaluma has achieved its uh, climate emergency uh, emissions reduction goal and that we haven't had uh, injury or uh, fatality collisions on the streets for three years. Again, this is just part of like what it would be like, but um, all of those factors 
what do we need to do in order to make that happen? And it gets down to when we repave a street or resurface a street, that it's done to the standards, the California Caltrans. Caltrans standards for complete streets, which means it has to take into account pedestrians and bicycles. And that doesn't mean that uh, cars are off. What it will mean is that in some cases, instead of going 40 miles an hour, an automobile would have to go 25 in order to create the safety uh, buffer between the bicyclists and the vehicular traffic. Uh, so, uh, again, the uh, part of it is budget. We'd like to see a $2 million a year commitment to funding these projects, and we want to make sure that there's an eye towards the equity issues, towards climate issues. Uh, my friends at the at Relief Petaluma just planted 152 trees in Wiseman Park. How many trees can we plant in street strips in areas of town that don't really have any trees out there that have a big barren hot wasteland uh, and make that street a cool corridor, make it a canopy, make it a tunnel, make it a place where kids don't mind playing because cars are now doing 15 miles an hour instead of 35. That's, uh, that's what we want to bring into this and uh, the, the benefits for climate, for emissions reductions, is the biggest thing the city can do. Most of our emissions come from vehicles, and uh, that, uh, they have, that has a, a big potential for improvement. Yeah, I'll also mention something else that um, it, it's kind of a, a phrase that not a lot of people are aware of, which is vision zero. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe uh, the vision zero plans are going to come before City Council on the consent calendar soon. Vision Zero is, is the idea that by some date in the near future, like 2030, we, have, we achieve a goal of zero traffic-related fatalities and crashes. And uh, the Vision Zero network has identified the major causes of fatalities and crashes. Drunk driving, I think, is number one. And either number two or three on the list is excessive traffic speed. So it is just known that if we want to reduce or eliminate fatalities and serious injuries, we have to be willing to slow down traffic. And I know there are some people who just get up in arms at the idea of having to slow down, but that's what we need to do. And, and if, in slowing down traffic, we make it possible for more people to get out of their cars and onto bikes, we reduce the amount of traffic and therefore make it, make it quicker to get across town. Yeah, gotcha. But uh, that's, the, the Vision Zero goal is one of the strong drivers behind safe streets. So there are the climate issues, there is the, the Vision Zero eliminating fatalities and, and uh, accidents and okay. others. Okay, and, and, you, and I, in your policy or policy platform states uh, in number eight, you want to create a tactical urbanism program like the city of Atlanta with the uh, application process for residents to submit ideas. Tactical urbanism, that's another, it's another phrase that needs a little bit of explaining. Um, I, I can't really uh, point my finger to where the phrase originated, 
but it's the idea of um, of quick build projects of of community members with the with the cooperation of the city um, implementing traffic calming measures, narrowing streets, creating what they call bulb outs at intersections um, uh, and street furniture uh, and, and other things which by design will give the signal to motorists to slow down which it I happen to live on a uh, a one-lane road just west of city limits there are maybe 20 25 houses on the road and it's just a one-lane road serving all those houses it works perfectly well everybody driving on the road knows to pull over to slow down and pull over when they see a vehicle approaching them if we were willing to to do those kind of things on most of our residential streets we we turn the streets um, back to people um, yeah, I'd like to mention another example of that. Uh, I have some neighbors that live on I Street just uh, inside of the city limits, and people are coming in to try to make a shortcut. They want to go. They can't. They can't go fast enough on the freeway. They want to go fast, like a freeway on I Street. Y'all know what that's like in the country. But when they get into town, they don't slow down and they go by. Uh, go by Tom and Leah's house uh, at instead of the speed limit of I think it's 35 there. Uh, they're going by at 45, and 35 is way too fast. And so when it's time to take their kids to grant school, uh, they're basically riding on the shoulder of a freeway sometimes. And it only takes that one car to yeah. look at their phone or sneeze or whatever, and bang, somebody is injured or killed. And they're not willing to take that risk. Uh, a fellow, uh, if you read the Argus Courier last Friday, it was online and then in the paper, I think in the B section, um, a fellow named Brian O. Brian O. Last name O H. Um, wanted to bike and roll to school for Earth Day, but didn't because he didn't consider the route between his home was on McDowell Street and the school that his children attend to be safe. So, I mean, that's one we could probably, out of the people who have signed our petition and put in a comment for the city council, we've got a half a dozen or more little stories like that. And it's that sort of thing. So what, what the positive side is that these people on I Street are working with the city traffic engineer. And I'll give him a shout out. Ken Eichstadt is just very knowledgeable and very committed to this vision of making the streets healthy places for everybody. Cars, bicyclists, pedestrians. Anyway, he's, he's working with them to figure out ways they can do these quick builds on I Street. Like maybe put out some, I don't know, where are they doing the... the the, uh, the turnabout with the, the little marker signs? Don't know. Oh, come on. There's a place in town where they're actually, instead of building a, you know, $500,000... Oh, you're talking about on uh, not Webster Street. Yeah, Webster. Yeah. 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 So yeah. rather than saying, okay, we're going to build a turnaround here, it's going to take us three years, and we're going to spend half a million dollars on it, they go out with a crew and a bunch of straw bales and some signs on the little sawhorse things, and they put this carefully positioned with all the official signs around it and say, now we have a, uh, a traffic circle at this intersection. It took us a day 
to do. It'll take us half a day to undo if it doesn't work out or if we love it so much we want to spend money on making it permanent. That's the kind of um, uh, innovative, let's try it out, let's try out ideas. So I have this idea that I've been promoting is called uh, My Complete Street Makeover. And it's a reality TV show that exists in my head, <laughs> but we'll have a competition. And this is part of actually that plan where the cities uh, can approve grants for people to come in and do these traffic calming measures. On my street, we had uh, last 4th of July, we had the porch of July. So we were all out on our front porch. But instead of the porches, we sat out at the end of our driveways or we put uh, saw horses and benches out in the parking area, and we had our 4th of July dinner on the street. People would be walking down the sidewalks like they so much wanted to do when COVID was in its waning days that time. And it, all of a sudden they realized, wow, this would be cool. What if we had one of these little tree parking areas, you know, every 4th or 5th house, we take up a parking space and we convert it into a garden with a bench and a library and maybe even a little place for the groundwater to percolate back in the soil, soil for stormwater retention. Anyway, you can see I want to be in the running for the, for the makeover campaign. But, but uh, the idea is that and the Cool Petaluma program is set up to do this sort of thing because neighbors are talking to each other. They're organizing and planning things to do for disaster resiliency. And many of them are uh, very excited about uh, doing some sort of street thing that makes their street more inviting and safer for uh, people who aren't in cars. So what you're looking at is a, a program, having a program here in Petaluma yeah. that, that mirrors what they're doing in Atlanta. So there's a process. Yep. Yeah, because right now you're playing this 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 reality show in your head, but you really don't have an avenue to go down to, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so this kind of ideas, these these quick build tactical urbanism uh, ideas, have been played out in lots of places. Um, so it's it's these ideas live out in other places besides Bruce's head. <laughs> um, Goodness. And I also want to say this that that. All of these ideas that, that we're talking about, all these wonderful ideas, are actually alive um, in the rest of the world, but uh, at the state of California level, uh, at, the, at the level of the Sonoma County Transportation Authority, um, these I and at, at the state level, these ideas are being widely embraced. So complete streets, active transportation, low-stress mobility, these are no longer radical ideas. This is where we're all headed, um, and we're just trying to accelerate our, our journey toward, toward realizing them. Yeah. You know, I, I've been at some of the meetings for the Rainier, quote, road diet. I hate that word. But what, Me too. what really happened was, I mean, there's just fear. People are older. They've lived in these homes a long time. And they think that they are different than any other area in the community, which it, there is some differences because you have 13 quad lots that go onto a roadway that's like 64 feet long, wide, which, I mean, the traffic consultant cannot believe that the city, he's never seen a, a, a road this wide. So there's all these opportunities. But I, I was at a meeting with some of the members and with city staff, and what I got was it was the fear. If this is going to happen, then that's going to happen. And it's kind of like bike riding. It's that fear mm -hmm. of bike riding. I have a fear of the first Friday. 
And now since I have an electric bike, I feel like maybe I can keep up with mm-hmm. people. Maybe I'll feel safer. But I really do understand that fear, and I think that's something that is very real. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily think that they want to hear from anybody else except for the people that just live on that street. And you really need to look at the bigger picture. That's a community resource. It's a community asset. If, uh, if They wouldn't have made it so big if they didn't think a lot of people would be wanting to use it to get from place A to place B. And there's just ways to do it so much so much better and in more efficient, so really. more efficient. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. the the noise that comes from cars going faster okay. versus slower, the road damage that right. comes from cars being. But how do you deal with the fear of? You talk of with people. people you yeah. talk with people, and that's one of the things that. And listen to people. And listen to people. Yes, precisely. That. Um, what are their concerns? And they and make sure they have an opportunity to be engaged in the process. If, if they are, uh, you know, single parents who can't come to 7 p.m. meetings, I know the city is really right. working on this now to make make it more uh, accessible to people, so they can say, well, this is my concern, and I'm afraid that uh, I'm going to lose my parking lot, and I have my mother-in-law who lives here, and she needs this. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, what what sort of things can we do that will help mitigate that concern? At the same time, it can't be left the way it is because there's too many problems with it. That's right. I will say we've gone from, you know, like A to probably, you know, D, which is really good. I mean, we've really made progress in people thinking that, oh, this is a good idea. At first it was no, and now it's a really good idea. And so hopefully it'll be implemented by August. But it's interesting watching um, the process, just sitting there watching and not really participating, but, but just by listening. And I, I think it's true of, of all of us that, to some extent, we're all resistant to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but I think when, when I hear reflexive, knee-jerk uh, reactions to suggestions of change, that, that kind of suggests that, that we just want to keep doing things the way we're doing. But we also have to accept that the way we're the way we have things figured out now is far, far from optical optimal. There, there, there are lots and lots of problems. Um, so we have to be willing to think about change. Well, you know, it's interesting because I am on the general plan process, and you look at uh, traffic. I mean, you know, pocket times of traffic. I mean, part of the problem is the schools are opened in Petaluma. Um, and this is what somebody was telling me the other day. They moved to Petaluma, and one thing they looked at was the school. They can send their child to any school. And so you have a lot of traffic because of that, and then you have a lot of ball fields, like, congregated in one area instead of the city center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have all these reasons why people feel as though they... We've created reasons why people feel like they need to be in their car. And now we have to really reverse that. Right, exactly. Um, and so it was interesting, you know, listening to somebody new, and this was one reason why they came to Petaluma, but we were also talking about transportation and how at pocket times it's really clogging up our streets. Didn't we hear that uh, 20% of traffic in Petaluma is school-related? Exactly. It's, it's Something a, on that order. No, it's a really large, it's a high percentage, and that's high 20%. I, I remember uh, a friend telling me that some years ago, uh, a survey was done of parents of elementary school kids in San Anselmo asking them why they drove their kids to school. 
And the answer was because there's too much traffic. For them to feel safe having their kids walking. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, there's solutions for that. One of our our members has drawn up plans for, is it uh, North Webster? Yeah. Uh, Where, what's the school that's out there? Valley Vista. Valley Vista. Yeah, which is, I took photos of, and boy, is that a mess. Well, he's he's, uh, not, you know, a professional street designer by training, but he's seen enough of the examples in other places in the United States and the world where you can do a few pretty simple things and make it way safer so that maybe you get the the Brian O's and the Thomas and Leah, my neighbor, friends, to be willing to ride. And then when they see a few riders out there, one, they feel more comfortable. They start going in groups to school, the old school bicycle bus concept or the walking bus. And and two, the, the drivers are now alert for bicyclists. And they're going to be watching, and they're going to see all of us ding, ding, friendly bicyclists out there smiling and waving at them, which we've got to do, <laughs> and making eye contact. Uh, these are all things that, that should be taught in schools, and one of my, uh, one of my uh, uh, obsessions is uh, they learn about, you know, how to do math so they can figure out, you know, how to make change at the grocery store. They learn all these other life skills, but bicycles are treated as toys, and there's no training required. There's no licensing. Hopefully, mom and dad, yeah. Once once little May is going down the street, you know, get, uh, the job is done. No, little May. This is my granddaughter. Yes. She needs to know about uh, how to ride safely in traffic. Now she's not going to do it at age four, but maybe when age seven, she's going to ride to Grant School to ride her skateboard. Uh, she needs to be taught that, and it shouldn't be just everybody needs to know what I know about bicycling to make sure that their daughter or granddaughter has those skills. That's got to come from the schools, and I think all of that stuff's going to combine with each other to make make it, we're going to have this breakthrough where now half the people will be taking their kids to school either uh, walking or bicycling, and they'll realize they can cancel their membership in that poorly ventilated health club because now they're getting this wonderful walk and ride five days a week, mm-hmm. you know, the fourth March, if you will. Yeah. But uh, it's it's uh, it's a it's like one of those uh, the water is 212 degrees and you need that little right. you know catalyst to go in there to set off the boil and it'll happen quickly. That's kind of what we're trying to do is bring the people together to create those conditions where uh, we do things we never thought we could do. And guess what? Uh, if we don't do these things, climate's going to change things for us in ways that we don't want to deal with. So so we get everybody on a bicycle and and people are riding their bikes downtown. What's the solution to the parking issue for bicycles? Excellent question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously we need more places to park bikes, but a bike takes up much less land area than a car. Uh, So that is one of the other benefits uh, that accrue to cities that embrace bicycles as a means of transportation. We can get away with far fewer parking lots. And the area that was parking lot can be turned into building, uh, retail, office, residential, with more income, more mm-hmm. revenue for the city. Um, so bicycle, bicycle yeah. parking is, is not a big issue. Well, it's, it's interesting because with the general plan, we're talking about that. And do we really take like a couple parking spaces and make those into bike parking? 
because now since I'm a bike rider, I go downtown, I can't find right. places to lock my bike up. And so um, it's interesting when you start riding what you really see and what is deficient. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's, you know, pretty big. Well, that's one of the reasons we like the uh, first Friday rides. And there's also a second Saturday ride that's the Bike Petaluma organization puts on. I think they leave from Aquas Cafe at around oh, 10. Really? And this is uh, family-children oriented, so they're not going across Caulfield, uh, the, the Caulfield Interstate. Uh, they are going around uh, just the, the flat, uh, fairly calm areas of Westside Petaluma. But it's a chance for families to get out and have that experience. If you're on the first Friday ride, we go to places that uh, we wouldn't normally ride, those of us who have experience and know what to avoid. But we'll say, here's what it's like to go from uh, In-N-Out Burger over to McDowell over Caulfield. Uh, what could we do different here? What if the speed limit was not... Uh, you know, 40 miles an hour, what if, you know, all sorts of things, they realize that there are solutions to each and every little difficulty they have that might keep them off the road, and then they go to the city saying, city, you know, let's take our priorities this year, and let's make sure that these seven schools have at least two routes from each direction, and then we put a plan in place, you know, and there's a certain amount of time, we have a certain amount of money, and everybody's for it. And um, the people who don't like it are listened to and they're accommodated, but they're not derailed by one or two people that don't like the idea. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're that much closer to having this transportation system that benefits everybody. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the draft, um, you know, for the Monday's meeting of the projects for the um, prior- goals and priorities. And there's, you know, um, roads, projects, bike paths, pedestrian improvements, and then, you know, you go down, then you have the zero vision. And then there's another, you know, line item. And it's all about, um, like, local road safety programs, causes. I mean, I don't know why you would have all of these different, you know, when you can put it into one. But what I noticed with this is if I go into, you know, what the plan is for, like, I see in the year 23, but 24 and and, and beyond, I don't see any plan. And so this is where this is where people get a little bit of confusion. You're going to vote for something, but what really is the plan? Two things. I, I believe in the uh, in the agenda for Monday's meeting, uh, item four A maybe. Uh, all of the a number of, of the individual goals and priorities have been lumped together okay. into one. Okay. And I think it's called Complete Streets. No, Vision Zero Safe Complete Streets. Okay. So okay. so they have been lumped together. Okay. Um, but there is no plan. That is one of the things that we absolutely have to demand. That we... we our goal is a complete and integrated network throughout the city, and we need a plan that will guide us from where we are now to the complete realization of that. And that's a nice figure of speech that's also literally true. People need to know how they can get from their house to where they take the car to right now. Right. And uh, having something, having signs, for instance, I believe that's, exactly. that's on there so that... Uh, when my neighbors on Gravelia Drive want to go to Petaluma Market, 
they know that they want to go down I Street to the Fifth Street Bike Boulevard, and there will be signs there at the intersection of at the edge of town, and they'll be reminded, turn right here. They don't need to have me or Pete or somebody else more than once right. take them on that route. After a while or after that, they know how to get there. They know what to do and what not to do with respect to their place on the road, that they don't have to ride in the gutter that's full of glass next to that little two-inch wide crack that they're afraid their front wheel will get locked into and flip them out underneath the underneath the four-ton SUV. I mean, these are real-world concerns. Those are the steps, those are, if you will, between not, not, between staying in the car and between getting out and getting out of the car. And those have to be addressed. And we know what they are. And we have we have people that are experts in how to do that sort of stuff, and we have support. Uh, we're pretty confident from the city council, so it's, it's a matter of saying, okay, this is what we want to do, and here's our plan. For the first year, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and we're going to have X done by January, and we're going to have Y done by March, and it's all going to be done by the end of the year. Let's stay on schedule. Well, that's, you know, my feeling is, and I'm just going to talk about Rainier because that's what I know of best at this point. Um, they're just looking at changing lines in the road. But I want to guarantee that the, the second phase is you have to have the bulb outs, you have to have the ADA curb cuts in there. Um, you have to you have to really complete. Right, and this is, this is where it gets uh, it gets very nuanced because because everybody there, there's no opposition to the idea of complete streets, active transportation. Right. But what does that actually mean? Exactly. What, what does it look like? Exactly. It, it could be just a newly striped, you know, one stripe on the side of the road indicating bike lane or or the things that are called sharrows, right? Um, which is is a ridiculously easy way of a municipality saying, look, we, we've provided bike infrastructure. Right. But right. what we, we really want are separate cycle tracks mm-hmm. uh, and and multi-use pathways that, that make it as safe as possible for people of all ages, you know, little kids, seniors, right. uh, <laughs> uh, people who are, who are just intimidated by traffic, make it as easy as possible for everybody to get around on a bike or a skateboard or a wheelchair. Or just walking. Or walking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the real difference there is like the, uh, the complete street uh, bike lane on Lakeville. So you're going east on uh, D Street and you cross the railroad tracks and then there's that strip of green that's about a quarter mile long. Right. <laughs> um, most people don't feel safe riding on that strip of green or no strip of green. It could be a different color. It wouldn't matter because they are like two feet away from somebody's mirror, mm-hmm. there needs to be some physical barrier like pylons, you know, in a two-foot-wide strip so that uh, it's less likely someone's just going to veer over there or you're going to veer out there, but usually you're paying a lot of attention to where you're going on a bike. You should be. Um, and that will give them the comfort level to take on Lakeville Drive. The way it is now, the green paint just doesn't cut it. No, it doesn't. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah it looks pretty, but... Um yeah, it kind of ends. Actually, we did, uh, we, we drove around, Cindy and I, and photographed those areas or videoed yeah. them. You know, just really how dangerous it is. We're collecting and those, too. In fact, the city has an app. I think it, I know it runs on Android uh, smartphones. I'm not sure if they have an iOS version, but you can go out with this little app 
and you take a picture of some hazard and you tap the little spot on the map and it puts a pin there and you type in, uh, you know, bike lane full of glass. Mm -hmm. uh, boom, you send it into the city and it goes to their crews and then they take care of it. That's the way it's supposed to work. And uh, we're trying to publicize uh, how to get that, how to report these issues uh, in a way that's helpful for the city staff, the overworked city staff, to get out there and prioritize and do the, the necessary work. Okay. So if, um, if people want to look at the city uh, agenda, they just go, you know, City of Petaluma agenda, and then you scroll down until you hit the, the first, the city council meeting, um, and then you just click agenda, and then they can go down to new, um, it's new business. business. It's the discussion of goals and priorities. Goals and priorities, and that is the first on new business. Sure. And so it's, it's really important to read all this information, and then you'll read letters to the editor, letters to the editor, letters that people will write to the city council, and you'll get all the documentation. And but, yeah, but yeah. if you just want to weigh in, I mean, how many people go through their email list every morning and decide which of the 20 petitions they want to take Exactly. Sign. exactly. We make this easy enough for people who just want to sign a petition to put their name and their email address in there. It's going to be presented with the other probably over 200 at this point, maybe three okay. uh, people who want to see this goal pursued. Uh, and if you do that, then uh, you can check our website. Uh, or if you want to be more actively involved, is what's our email address, Pete? Is that the Petaluma? What's it? <laughs> Come to the city council meeting yes. on May second, and, and then I believe it's also on Zoom. So yes, it's, it's, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid the first time, and so you can actually speak on Zoom, or you can go in person to the city council meeting. And, and I just wanted to say, we—it's worth noting that that our city is being run in in a very open and transparent way where our input is actively being sought yep. in, in, in the discussion of goals and priorities. This has not always been the case. No, it hasn't. No. I mean, it's, uh, it's a new, new dawn <laughs> yeah. for Petaluma, but uh, maybe not a great one for the world. But we can get into Ukraine. No, not right no, now. No, 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 no. So, um, well, I hope people actually participate, and really signing the petition is very important, you know, because not everybody wants to go to meetings, but you can do something like sign a petition and show your support, and the number really um, makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, the number of those signatures. Can, can I say one other thing? Absolutely. Uh, you can say two things. Just, just looking at, uh, at where the money for road projects comes from or comes through, yeah. uh, I, I'm a little bit keyed into the work of Sonoma County Transportation Authority. Yes. And it, it's it's a little bit bewildering to me looking at all of the, the funding sources, but in in their process of prioritizing the the projects that individual cities put forward, they're putting a high priority on these kind of projects that we're advocating for. And that's why we voted to, you know, extend um, the Measure M. And because we know that the freeway widening was going to come to an end, and now we have money for another 20 years yeah. um, for projects like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, that this has been a great discussion. Yeah. I've learned a lot, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what the outcome is. I, I'm hopeful that it's a positive one. I think it's going to be positive. Also, yeah. This yeah. will also be something to force the developers to to put in these bike paths that they've been refusing to put in, especially mm-hmm. speaking of that one down by the new hotel. Yeah, right. Yeah. The riverfront. Yeah, this the is riverfront. just another opportunity for the city of Petaluma to get out ahead and be a model yep. for the rest of the yeah. cities in Sonoma County. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. County. We're trendsetters. We are. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we've been talking with Bruce Hagen and Pete Gang. Uh, they've been here talking to us about uh, Safe Streets Petaluma. And... Uh, uh, thank you very much. Both thank of you, you for having us. Yeah, yeah. We well, hope to have you back so that you can give us a progress report on <laughs> on all of this, a positive one at that. So. <laughs> Complete streets makeover. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you've been listening to Inside Petaluma. I'm Cindy Thomas here with Janice Cater Thompson. Uh, we've got a, one more thing that I need to announce that I neglected to announce earlier, and that is uh, another uh, benefit. Uh, for the Petaluma Music uh, Festival and mm-hmm. Music in Schools, and that's um, going to be happening May 14th at the Mystic Theater downtown. Uh, the show starts at 7.30, doors open at 6.30. It's, uh, you have to be 21 or older to be there. Tickets are $21. You can go online uh, to the Mystic Theater site and get those. And uh, Love Planet, Smokehouse Gamblers, two great local bands, and... Um, you know, uh, a good reason to spend $21 because it will go to uh, the schools, and we want to keep those music programs alive. Yes, we do. Okay, so what else, Janice? Well, uh, we did get a flyer in the mail. We did? Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, we have one minute where we can talk yeah. about... Well, well, we got this 24-page... Um, and it was sent by David Rabbit. Yeah. And what's so interesting, I just want to point out, when we're talking about Measure M and transportation money, he seems to be taking, you know, all the credit for the Why Need 101, but he was actually elected in 2002, and I think the ballot measure was in 2004. And then the city of Petaluma had to spend $9 million for that ridiculous undercut for Rainier, yeah. and that did not come from SCTA. So it's interesting how so many so many elected officials take credit for things that I want to thank the public yeah for voting these tax measures in because it would have never happened. And we will not be able to move forward with safer streets for bicycling and, you know, and pedestrians. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, looking at these 24 pages of, I don't even know how to describe it, um, raises a lot of questions in my mind, and I know it does as yours as well. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that David Rabbit will... Uh, make a request to us to come on our show so we can ask questions. I hope so, too. Yeah. And, uh, and there is going to actually be a forum on Monday um, with the supervisors, and so I, we can actually post it on our website yeah. so people can see. So it's Monday, actually, during the council meeting, but it's really easy to do both. Yeah. So you <laughs> have to learn how to multitask. Okay. You need to know who you vote for. Whoa, that was loud, Jimmy. That was... <laughs> I almost forgot to put on our Be Quiet music. We have to be quiet enough so I can say you've been listening to KPCA, 103.3 FM, Petaluma's homegrown radio station. The show is Inside Petaluma. I'm Cindy Thomas. Janice Peter Thompson is my co-host. We're here every Friday, 11 to noon. And go visit our website at InsidePetaluma.com. Like our... 
Facebook page at KPCA Inside Petaluma, and we will come back next week. So it's more for you. All right, everybody, take care. Thank you. Thanks for being here, everyone. See everybody next week.